Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast presented by Spartan Forge. On today's episode, I am joined by photographer, videographer, and cinematographer, Justin Mueller. So we recap the Mountain Buck Scouting Camp and kind of what that's going to look like for the future. We discuss how it came to be, some of the different presenters that were there, the building the framework to apply in the woods, reading sign from different perspectives, a saddle hunting demonstration that we had there, building hunt plans, and much more. 100% born in the Appalachian Mountains and made in the USA, Timber Ninja Outdoors provides a range of mobile hunting options to accommodate diverse hunting preferences. Whether you prioritize comfort, lightweight design, or versatility, their two-panel and single-panel saddles collection has something for everyone. The Black Belt Nano is the lightest single-panel saddle available on the market, weighing in under a pound. The saddle is designed with the minimalist hunter in mind, focusing on lightweight functionality and breathability. One notable feature is the patent-pending magnetic stick clip system on the side, which allows for convenient transportation of sticks up the tree, as well as a built-in platform holder. The Nano saddle can be folded up to the size of a Nalgene bottle, enabling easy portability. With a four-way stretch material on the back for a comfortable fit, as well as strategically placed padding for hip pinch relief. You can use code EASTMEETSWEST to get free shipping on any Timber Ninja order. If you try it out and don't like it, send it back within 30 days for a full refund. Learn more at TimberNinjaOutdoors.com and sign up for their email newsletter for exclusive discounts and product drops. When it comes to optics, I get the same question over and over again. What are the best all-around binoculars? Well, it's tough to find something that works in every condition great, but after using a pair of Maven B1.2 10x42s, I think I found them. They feature an 8x or a 10 by option, superior low light performance, tack sharp edge to edge clarity, a generous depth of field, and a silky focus mechanism. All of Maven Optics have a lifetime no fault warranty and hail from the great state of Wyoming. I've been using Maven Optics since I bought my first pair in 2017, and I think you should test them out for yourself. Head over to mavenbuilt.com and use the code EASTMEETSWEST-GIFT for a free gift with any full price optics order. For all of those that want a truck bed cover for work or play, Diamondback makes the top of the line heavy duty covers that help you do more with your truck. They're perfect for the truck owning, avid sportsmen, outdoor enthusiasts, and weekend project warriors. I'm currently using the HD cover that can is capable of holding up to 1,600 pounds on the top. And then I have the Yakima overhaul HD bars on top so I can put my rooftop tent on it. When I'm not using my rooftop tent and able to use the trifold design of the Diamondback, I have the Crossbin 8 in there to organize all of my stuff in the back of my truck bed. Diamondback is made right here in Phillipsburg, Pennsylvania. If you want to check them out, head over to diamondbackcovers.com. If you've wanted that hunting camp tradition that we talk about, that experience, but you don't have a hunting camp of your own, you're welcome to come stay at my hunting camp up here in the Pennsylvania wilds called the Elk Crossing Getaway in the PA wilds. So if you go over to Airbnb, you can check out 
our three bedroom, one and a half bath house that's right in the heart of Pennsylvania elk country. It's only minutes away from a bunch of public land to be able to hunt, hiking trails, outdoor recreation, fishing, all of those things there. The house is completely fully stocked with everything that you need to be able to, to spend a week hunting deer, taking your family up to see the elk, anything like that. So if you head over to Airbnb and search Elk Crossing Getaway in the PA Wilds, you'll find my listing there and you can rent out my house to send us a message and inquiry that you're interested in it and mention that you heard it on the podcast here, then we'll get you 10% off of your first day. On this week's Mountain Buck Monday story of the week, it comes from Will Coggin out of Virginia. And this is a longer story and very well written. Uh, this, I'm, I'm pumped for Will and glad that he shared this one with me here. So, so this is what Will had said. I figured I'd share the second buck and my personal biggest that was somehow able to harvest this year as well. This is without a doubt the best hunting season I've ever had in my second season of hunting Virginia mountain whitetails. I knew from last year, this particular area consisted of some solid doe bedding with some unmowed hay covering the hillsides in between some wooded drainages. Another group of hunters had been in this area, but they were hunting the hilltops, looking down a fence line for the past couple of days. I was fortunate to have the wind switch from the prevailing westerly direction to the south, which enabled me to access this area and hunt it differently than the rest. Instead of coming from the low ground to hunt the lower portion of the area, I was able to climb the backside of the hill while still hunting my way into the wind. This also enabled me to peer down the hillside and watch any movement between the two drainages with the wind in my face. As I still hunted on the backside of the hill, I got within 40 yards of two does bedded in some sunlight, hitting a portion of edge cover. Once I was confident they were alone, I kept moving over the hill. As I continued up over the hilltop, I began making my way down this ridge covered with three-foot-tall hay. About 100 yards in front of me, I saw a deer before he noticed me and could tell it was a spike. I knelt down and just watched him. He had put his nose down and seemed to follow a scent trail down into the drainage. Below him, I saw a doe jump out and move into the hayfield, but was confident she wasn't aware of me. Before I decided on my next move, I could hear the sounds of antlers crashing together on the hillside out of view. Immediately, I assumed it was another hunter, so I hit my grunt tube twice while figuring out what to do next. To my complete surprise, this 10-point starts making his way uphill towards me at 110 yards. I was able to quickly move to cover at a lone tree on the hillside. I grunted again, and he started running directly towards me, but clearly following the same scent trail. I had my crosshairs on him, but he never presented anything other than a frontal shot as he weaved in and out of visible pockets in the hay. Then at 55 yards, he stepped out perfectly broadside in a visible area. I squeezed off around and watched him drop, but then collect himself and di- dived into a patch of hay before I could chamber another round out of sight. The next thing that happened blew my mind. About 100 yards below me where the doe had crossed, I saw another buck. This was another mature 10 point. I eased down the hill about 15 yards and watched the second buck for 26 minutes where I assume he was locked onto that doe. One, I was confident he was not the buck that I had shot and wasn't injured, etc. I hung back until they moved on. This is when it occurred to me that these two bucks were fighting over the doe, which I had thought to be another hunter rattling. I later found his right G1 and G4 
have portions broken off from fighting, which I absolutely love knowing that he was a fighter. I then retrieved my buck, which was only a few yards out of sight from where I shot him, and watched one of the most unbelievable sunsets I've ever seen in my time outdoors. This is my biggest buck to date, which bested my previous best buck on the initial email from earlier this season and the first deer I've shot on the ground. The rut is a crazy time of year. <laughs> That's such an awesome story. And Will, I mean, with this only his second year of hunting mountain bucks and figuring it out and doing it off the ground there in Virginia, such a cool story and an awesome buck. If you want to check it out, head over to East Meets West Hunt on Instagram or East Meets West Outdoors on Facebook. You can check out that post. If you have something to submit, Mountain Buck Monday story, send it. Shoot it over to my email. Just do the contact us form on the website and send it in. Would love to love to share it there. And on that note, I did I did want to uh, make a comment here to everybody. So I um I well and I guess in the as I started you know working um I guess with this you know full time here this past week. I was trying to catch up on a bunch of emails and other things that I had. And I definitely realized that I there's been some that I've missed uh, in in the last, I guess, even eight months or so. So I apologize for that. And if you ever, if I don't answer for whatever reason, you know, feel free to shoot me another email or um, anything. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get better at it, but it's it's, uh, it's going to be a little bit of time to dig myself out of the hole as I was uh, obviously busy with it with um, everything else. But and same thing on Instagram, Facebook, go wild. There's so many different places now to to get uh, to get messages. So it's um, it's uh, kind of it's kind of tough. Um, not not complaining at all. I love getting the messages and. I will respond as long as I, as I do see them, but, um, usually email is the best way for me to get back. Um, Instagram probably second, but like I said, I somehow found a a whole bunch of Instagram messages that I hadn't seen from last hunting season yet. So I'm trying to get around to them all. I just want to let you know, I'm not ignoring anybody. I'm not trying to do that by any means. I'm just, uh, just a little bit behind, <laughs> but uh, anyways, the only thing else I I, I have uh, to note is the new Spartan Forge update uh, should be out as of today. Um, if not, it's just App Store approval stuff. Um, but this is gonna it's gonna be a lot different. It's not just a normal update with one or two little things. Um, we're introducing the Lambda layer, which is a customizable layer. So you have just your three base, you know, your, your aerial, your hybrid and your topos. And then you have the Lambda layer and the Lambda layer, you can go and customize however you want, choose from multiple different aerial maps. You can add the topo layers over top, change the opacity, roads and trails, private and public lands. Uh, all those different things can be added into that Lambda layer, which will continue to grow. Um, they've added new imagery in, in a lot of areas. You can, you can actually zoom in and literally measure your tree height. It's, uh, it's pretty incredible. That's not in all areas yet. Uh, they're going through an order of priority as of where the most users are coming from and it's costly to buy these things. So it's a little bit at a time, but, uh, buying this imagery and then also historical imagery for areas. So like you'd seen in the past with Google earth, you're able to go in and change and look at different times. So you can get leafless 
imagery in some, maybe you need a summertime imagery for something else, multiple different imagery options, a better tracking function. This has been a huge overhaul, um, just completely new um, with that tracking function, updated private property information. So you can click on it and see more information. Um, you can choose whether you have permission to hunt a property and it'll highlight it green. I mean, there's a ton of different stuff in this update. There'll be a lot more information coming on it soon, but I did want to mention it. And I'm also leaving this week, uh, starting my way out west. I won't be bear hunting until um, probably another week or so, a little over a week. Um, but I will be gone and leaving. I still, my orders will be going out. I have someone that will be shipping orders um, while I'm gone. Um, but uh, then I'll be bear hunting in Montana for like 10 days. So I am really excited about that. Always want to do a spring bear hunt. Um, and going out with my brother and one of my best buddies from college. And then Justin Mueller will be there as we talk about a little bit in this, um, this episode, but, um, I don't think I have anything else to share. So, um, with that being said, I hope everyone has a great week. And if you have any questions or any comments, feedback, things, feel free to uh, shoot them my way. I, I really appreciate everything and everyone here. So have a great rest of your week. All right. We're live. Justin Mueller, welcome back to the podcast, man. It's good to be back. It was a, a fun weekend we just had. Yeah, it was. It um, it was awesome. We're at still at North Fork Lodge, which is Kit Folks's lodge of uh, Big Truck Farms Brewery, and he was kind enough to allow me to use it for the the Mountain Bucks Scouting Camp, the first one that we've, well, the first one that I've had at all, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty awesome awesome weekend. But uh, it's one, it's just it's it's good to get to be able to hang out with you again. I feel like it's been it's been a minute. Yeah, it has. When was the last time we hung out? Was it last year in September? No, we with the Spartan Forge Veterans Hunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got right. to see you then, and you weren't at any shows, so no, no, I uh, stayed home for the shows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, we're able to drink some whiskey that we got from TJ, who is one of the attendees. So thank you, TJ, uh, one of the attendees at the, the Mountain Buck Scouting Camp. So I kind of wanted to do a recap podcast about that and. First of all, you've probably heard Justin before, so we're not going to go through the whole background, all this other stuff, but Justin is basically the the mind and the skills and the talent behind most of my videos, all of my films, anything that we've done in the past, and also just helping me with anything that uh, I need tech related. It seems like with trying to do some more video podcasts, things like that, he's going to help me through some of those, these things. So for anybody that's listening, this will be a video podcast on YouTube. So if you want to go ahead and watch that, uh, head over to my YouTube page and be able to, to check that out as well. So if they care to to look at us for a while. That's right. Right. See our smiling faces for a little bit. That's always the question. But, um, so anyways, and also I, I, I gave a little bit of Justin's background there, but also all just about every photo that you see, he's uh, an amazing photographer. So he'll be joining me again this year. 
um, well, actually here shortly, uh, black bear hunt in Montana, uh, we're not going to make a film out of that, but we are going to uh, shoot a bunch of videos, some clips, some photos, some other stuff there. And then we will make a film if we draw Montana to be able to hunt archery elk. So I'm excited about that trip as well. Yeah, I'm excited about everything we got going on. You know, this weekend was a fun one. Um, you know, like you said, for the spring bear hunt, Um not really a film just because it's not really high on your priority list for media stuff like an elk hunt or yeah. deer hunt or whitetail hunt or whatever, but it'll still be a good time. Get out there and, uh, you know, hang out with your brother a little bit and shoot some social media stuff and maybe see a few bears. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be cool. But anyways, I wanted to give a little bit of a background on this whole mountain buck scouting camp before we jump into the weekend. And one of the things, so I've had this idea for going on three years, basically since I started the podcast. It, it was to, I, I just, I've been to some different camps. I've been to elk shaped camp. I've been to other experience based things. And I feel like you get so much out of it. I love the camaraderie between the people that are there. I, I like the entire idea of the event situation. I mean, for how long we've been kept, you know, away from people and all these things like socialization is so important and it's it's a big part for me i i just i enjoy being around like-minded people talking hunting spending the time there so i've had this idea and always just didn't have the time didn't have the time and you know kind of made that as an excuse and this year uh, I was talking to Kip about it and he was like, you need to just do it. He's like, quit worrying about making sure everything's perfect and just go ahead and put on the camp and do it. And so he really was the one that gave me that kick in the ass, like go do it. And so I, I, I still, I put it out on the, actually I put it out on the podcast you and I did last April yep. and was like, would anybody be interested? And I had a whole list of people that were interested uh, so I decided to put it together and the basis of it was, is to talk about big woods, mountain whitetails and be able to help people, um, one for myself to be able to help from the very beginning stages of like, okay, what are the basics of hunting big woods, whitetails and why is it different, uh, with hunting mountain bucks and farm country, all these places, put those basics and then be able to, to even go to a higher level in the detailed by being having the attendees surrounded by those uh those the other just like really really successful people that I look up to that were in the room to be able to help me there so that was that was awesome to to be able to have that and so when when I decided I was going to do it and I put it out there I said whoever's interested shoot me an email add you to the list and I'm going to send it out the email at at 6 p.m. Eastern time to be able to sign up. And I only wanted to to cap it at, you know, 20 to 25 spots really because the reason for that was I wanted to make it as personable as possible. And I felt like you get any bigger than that, it's difficult to have that one-on-one conversations with people and, and being able to do that. So that that was kind of, that was difficult and I was trying to figure out how to do it. Um, and with Kip uh, having this property, 7,200 acres of private mountain country here in uh, north central Pennsylvania, to, to be able to have that. And I was like, man, this is just lining up perfect. So when that went live, 
I was absolutely blown away. I was on the phone. As soon as I hit the email to send out to for the registration, I got a phone call from Chris Derrick at Sick of Gear, and he's talking to me about some products we're working on. And I'm sitting there on the phone, and I just keep hitting refresh on my computer. And I'm like, I'm like, hold on a second. Like, something's wrong. Like, my website isn't loading. Did my website crash? I don't know. I just, I, I thought something went wrong. And I realized that I sold out the event in two and a half minutes. Sold out every <laughs> single spot. And it just blew me away that that many people were interested. One, hearing me talk uh, and being around me. Right. You know, right. that's a feat. Right. Your um, second class will have a lot lower attendance after the first one. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was it was crazy, uh, the response that we got from it. And I really, truly believe like people want these experience type things. And and that's what, what I really want to do. I love teaching. I love you know, breaking things down and having, you know, a framework to build, to build, to have more success. I mean, podcasts are great. Videos are great. Writing, all that stuff will help make you better, but nothing replaces that in-person, you know, interaction, being able to have the classroom setting and also going out in the field and being able to scout that. So, I didn't, I didn't personally want to take anybody to my public land hunting spot. So this place worked out pretty well. Right. People would be dropping points on Spartan Forge of all your setups and everything, but yeah, no, it was good. I think it, uh, I think it was the perfect amount of people. Um, you had a good ratio of instructors versus students. Um, would you have five total, including yourself? Uh, six, including myself. Six, including yeah. yourself. Um, and everyone kind of had like a little bit of a, like everyone had the same knowledge about um, hunting and mountain bucks, but everyone kind of had a different take on it, um, different strategies, different things they do. Um, your dad talked a lot about ground hunting. Um, you know, there was talk about all the trees out there from Kenny and you were going over, you know, the specific stuff. And it was just great because, um, someone would ask a question, um, and you'd answer it. And then you'd give it off to the the panel of other teachers and be like, what do you guys think about this? Mm -hmm. And everyone would kind of weigh in. And, you know, a lot of your guys' stuff was, you know, very similar, but everyone had their own little thing that they did differently or maybe suggestions. And it kind of made for like five different answers to one question of different perspectives. Yeah. And it it was cool because so... To, to give an idea who the some of the presenters were, so we had my dad, Joe Martonic, who I've looked up to and I still consider one of the best whitetail hunters out there. And, and that's not even being biased. I mean, his results show for itself. And then Johnny Stewart, who is just an incredible, like, it, I, I think I heard somebody describe him as if, if Johnny was reincarnated, he'd come back as a deer. Like, cause that's, that's Johnny knows deer better than anybody and has had so much success. He's been on the podcast a lot and across the country and any state he goes to, he just like dives all in. So having Johnny here was, was awesome. He's become a really, really great friend of mine over the last five or six years since I've known him. Uh, Greg Litzinger, who is just like, um, magnificent buck bed hunter. He looks at things from a different point of view. He's got a ton of experience. He's not afraid to tell you that he's failed for so many years that that's how he became good and learning through the school of hard knocks. And 
So having his perspective there, having Kenny Kane come in and from a forester and having that tree identification knowledge and the knowledge of what the deer are eating and how to how the forests are managed and being able to identify the different ages of forests and what they're looking like and what's the best type for deer essentially to be able to live, survive and thrive in. And then also having Bill Thompson from Spartan Forge to come in and give that science behind it and see what he's seen in the GPS caller data, all of those different things. I mean, having that panel there was just everything that you could, you could want and, right. and having right. those people. And it, it was cool because, um, you know, it wouldn't have been anything wrong if you would have been the only one instructing. Um, but I just thought it was really cool, all of the different perspectives. And I think you did a great job of um, like delegating things to certain people where you knew that they had deeper knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, like when we were out, Kenny's pointing out trees and pointing out this and that, and look at this tree here. And, and t- you know, if there's a good acorn crop, this would be a great place to set up. Greg's talking about the buck bedding on the corners and the points, you know, and you and Johnny are going over. I mean, it was just, it was a ton of good information, all from very like-minded hunters. You know? Yeah. No, it was, yeah, it, it, it was good that like, I I've known all these guys for so long that I know their strong points and I know what each of them does exceptionally well. And to be able to pull that information out of them and, uh, So like the basis of it again was like to go through that classroom portion, to build those foundations, build those skills. I mean, even down to learning, you know, the, what the different topography means, what are the terms that you hear getting thrown around, uh, on podcasts and stuff to at the basic level, and then building upon that to be able to build, you know, how to e-scout, how to be able to understand, uh, what you're looking for, what's a good area, what's not a good area. And then even, you know, some people don't have the ability to drive to an area that's exceptional. So we, you know, we hit on a lot of those things of like, okay, so you don't have logging cuts, you don't have this, how do you adapt to that? And I thought that like that, so the, the attendees, there was like a mix, there was a mixture of experience levels. Like right. you had a lot of very green people, some that had never hunted mountain bucks in their entire life. Others that have been doing it for, for a little while, but haven't had a whole lot of success. And then you had people like Ryan Glitzky, who, who, whose uh, nickname is Moose. He is like, he could have been up there talk and teaching the class, like incredible wealth of knowledge. But what, what I loved about him showing up other than him spending money, that's, that's always good too, but joking aside, (laughs) he, the very successful people just want to continue to learn. And you want to surround yourself around other people that are infatuated by as much as they are. And that's what, that's what Ryan did. Like he was there, Ryan doesn't really need anybody's help. Ryan is very successful on his own, but he wanted to hear everybody's perspectives. And through me going on and teaching and presenting and talking about this, I learned so much, uh, even from like my dad that like I've been around my entire life. Like I picked up on things that he said. I'm like, wait, never told me that before, (laughs) you know? Uh, So that's, it it was kind of cool. Yeah, it was very cool. I uh, I thought you had it structured really well. Um, started off with uh, classroom in the morning, um, you know, just kind of going over the basics, getting everyone into it, explaining stuff that we were going to go look at later in the day. Um, and we were you were up there for maybe four hours or so. Yeah. Um, 
then we, we stopped, had some food and then we all geared up and we went out and we, you know, we, we walked, I mean, several miles. Hold on. You missed, you missed a very important part. The food. The food, yes. The yes. food. Gunner Emberg, he just, just like a couple weeks ago, started uh, a company called The Hungry Huntsman. And he had reached out to me. He's like, hey, let me cook at your event. Like, I want to cook there. And I know Gunner, but I didn't know how his cooking was or anything. I was not doubting him, <laughs> but I, I wanted, you know, and he just, he was very persistent about doing this. And, and I was like, okay, you know, let's, all right, let's do it. You want to cook up some burgers and some leek dip and all these other things. And, and he absolutely blew it out of the park. He had some of the best food that I've ever had. Then afterwards he cooked a meal for the presenters there. And it was just like, just, I don't even know how to explain it. It yeah, was that good. It, it was very, and everything he had was good. The vegetables were good. Steaks were good. Potatoes were good. I mean, you know the food is good when a room full of hunters is silent because we were all just eating. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was really good. Yeah, we got bullshit a mile long. So, like, when <laughs> when you don't hear a peep out of everybody, like, that, the food was incredible. Yeah, that was a great addition to the camp to have that. Yeah, and then that's why we had to go out in the field afterwards because everybody would be falling asleep after that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was good. I went with um, you the first day, and we... We kind of had some spots picked out. Uh, we went and looked at some saddles. We went and looked at, and, and the thing that I thought was cool is there was obvious saddles on the map. And we went to those areas and kind of looked at them, but we didn't spend a lot of time because that's where everyone's going to be hunting. We were looking at like more of the micro train stuff and stuff that you're actually going to hunt to kill big bucks and not just see deer. Have you ever wanted to have Levi Morgan, Andy May, Johnny Stewart, and others available at all times? Well, you can with CyberScout from Spartan Forge. CyberScout is like the chat GPT for outdoors men and women. You can ask it any questions related to bow building, scouting, hunting, survival, and a whole lot more. I think you'll be impressed with how it responds. CyberScout is currently out now for a select group of early beta testers and will be available to the rest of you really soon. The entire app is a complete tool for planning your hunt with incredible aerial imagery mapping, journaling, deer prediction, and some of the most accurate and detailed weather data. Use the code EASTMEETSWEST to save 20%, and if you're still on the fence, give the 14-day free trial a chance at SpartanForge.ai. CVA has been America's number one selling muzzleloader brand for over a decade. Hunting with a muzzleloader opens up a ton of hunting opportunities across the U.S., and I've been using the Acura series. But they don't only make badass muzzleloaders. Their line of centerfire rifles are great quality and not terrible on the wallet. The Cascade short barrel is ideal for tight quarters, deer drives, and quick shots in the big woods. You can check out their line of muzzleloaders, rifles, and accessories for every season and every range at bpioutdoors.com slash CVA. If you use the code EASTMEETSWEST10, you'll get 10% off of all CVA products, which includes rifles, muzzleloaders, and accessories. You know. Yeah, no, that, that, that was true. So like we split up in the two different groups and it was myself, my dad and Kenny in one group. And then it was Johnny, Greg and Bill in another. And we just picked two spots that 
that were basically two ridges that were close to camp to go up to. They weren't the like the most ideal ones from an e-scouting standpoint or what the vegetation was like, but really it was it came down to we when you have, you know, almost 25 people going up on the mountain, we can't can't have them walk first of all, they won't all fit my truck, so I can't shuttle them anywhere and we can't be, you know, walking all day just to get to a spot. So we wanted to redesign for what it was and, and go to do it. And, and I thought it was awesome because, and, and then Ryan was in, in our group the first day and just watching how all of us looked at things differently was that was the coolest part so we like went out to this this point we started at the bottom and saw some heavy trails coming off these points and we went up and explained you know why i wasn't necessarily following just that that trail i had you know picked out the key spots on the map ahead of time you know the saddle the points you know some of those key uh terrain features that you typically look at and there wasn't any real key vegetation types to pay attention to so we were focused on terrain and worked our way up and then started finding a scrape line and scrape line explained to the people, you know, this is a more of a testosterone driven scrape. This isn't something I'll pay attention to. And then you find one with five, six licking branches on, okay, this is a community scrape. This is something that, you know, I want to throw a camera on here. I want to pay attention to it. Uh, as we started moving up a little more, we found a faint rub line that ran around this rim on a kind of a steep side hill below a flat where there was a scrape above it. I was like, boom, if I was finding this sign during hunting season, I would set up right here. And we talked about, you know, everyone was asking questions about how to set up, what trees to pick. And that's something that's hard to teach without being in person. Oh yeah. Like you can look at a map all day long, but until you're actually out there looking at the scrape, looking at the train and picking out the individual tree, that's when I think it really clicked for a lot of guys. Um, because you kind of went over like, here's where I would set up and exactly why you were explaining, I mean, everything from the access to the thermals to when the deer comes in and I, you know, you could kind of see it in people's eyes. They were just kind of looking around and they're like, that makes sense to me. Yeah. You know? No, I, and, and, uh, yeah, that, that, and it's funny too, because you, when you've done it for so long, you have your own like perception of looking at things and especially especially Kenny was the one that like threw me off so much because he's used to grading trees and looking at what's going to be the highest dollar amount. So he's, you know, he's looking at, he's looking at it and understand the bark and pointing out what types of trees these are. Do deer like them? Do they like them when they're, you know, as browse as they're sprouting up all this, what are seed trees, all these different ones. And, you know, and he had picked out some, one of the most obvious trees that a whitetail hunter should know that I didn't pick up on when I was walking by it. It was like, you know, 20 yards in the woods there. And it was, we hit our first white oaks and right. we only found three on that entire mountain. And he's and obviously white oaks, the deer absolutely love them and we'll scoop them up in early October. And, and he pointed them out and I, I had my, my rut scouting mind going at it and I, I didn't pick up on it. Yeah. You know, and neither did Ryan, neither did my dad. Like Nobody Kenny <laughs> was just such an, an asset to that group and being able to understand that. Yeah. And it was cool watching you guys then. Um, cause then you guys both went down by the tree and you were picking up leaves, looking at the difference between, you know, what the oak leaves looked like and everything. And you guys were talking about, you know, what time of year you would hunt that tree, you know, when and where to do things like that. And that's just some valuable stuff because you have this entire mountainside 
and you guys are picking out individual trees to potentially set up on or at least keep scouting for future reference i mean that's very detailed scouting yeah exactly and like you know we're you were marking the waypoints, showing everybody how to use the Spartan Forge app and mark all that stuff down and just keep moving along. And it was funny. We got, I, when I was with Ryan and we moved off, we split up into two groups again, you know, with my dad taking one group and Kenny and then, and then myself and Ryan and Eric and some of the other guys that were in that group. And we went off to the left at this point. And all of a sudden we hit mountain laurel and we both just like lit up. We're like, yes, like this is the cover we were looking for. And we're talking about this little trail that was going into it on the side hill. And there was a white oak on the point and it's like, okay, I would bet that there is buck bedding inside of that mountain laurel or somewhere around the edge of it. And there was a, ended up walking a couple more feet and there was a big scrape there on the edge and explained to everybody. Okay. In early October, um, you know, barren that we find a buck bed in there, even if we didn't just assuming that bucks are bedding in there, that this is where we'd set up. This is how we'd access for it for a morning bed hunt or an evening bed hunt, how, how that would all play out. And then we ended up going in there and this was something that both myself and moose missed was there was a, we were just talking and, and, uh, Lyle Harvey, one of the guys that was in the group there, he was like, Hey, Here's a bed. And it was like a pretty perfect buck bed. There was hair in it, had entry and exit trail. I mean, it was everything you could show. And like those guys were pumped like to see exactly what we're talking about with this buck bedding and and understanding how how that worked. But you know, and, and then as we worked a little bit further, we hit that saddle. And before we went up there, I said said to everybody, I bet you any money, there's a big ass scrape directly in the center of that saddle. And there was, and also had to explain that in a, in a situation that's highly pressured that you don't want to hunt right over that scrape, you know, in a place like here, that's not highly pressured. Yeah. I'd sit right over top of that scrape, but you know, okay, where can we go based off of that sign? You know, it might even be two, 300 yards away, but how can we, you know, use that still as a connecting point, but that's probably not a place that a mature buck is going to work in daylight hours. But if your goal is a younger deer, that might be the right place and, and kind of explain that to everybody. Right. Right. Yeah. It was cool to, uh, um, see all that sign up there. I mean, there were, there was a fair amount of the hiking where we didn't see much sign at all. Um, but I think that was actually a good thing because it kind of showed people like, you know, even on a property that's private and huge and awesome like this, it doesn't mean that there's deer running everywhere and sign everywhere. You still have to go out and find it. And I think, um, you know, when we were walking around and checking different spots, it was just kind of reinforcing, like you have to cross places off the list in order to find where the bucks are. You know, mm-hmm. you can't just walk up and find them. So our first couple spots we went to, you know, there was some sign here and there, but it wasn't anything crazy. And we just worked around and a couple hours later we found the spot. Yep. And we did that in one day, you know? Yeah. And, and I think yeah, you made a really good point right there where it was not every place is going to be filled with sign. And I felt like I had multiple different of the guys that were attendees there being like, Hey, you know, this was helpful from the standpoint that you guys weren't able just to go and just find big sign or find exactly what you're looking for right away. Like it took some looking, it took some time and not every place is going to be good. And you just got to keep going. 
And I think that was a big learning learning lesson for myself as far as like, you know, when you're explaining things, it sounds so easy. Like, oh, you just go to the points of the ridges and you find buck beds. <laughs> right. And, you, you know, you, and that's not the case. Whereas, you know, the other scouting group, Johnny and Greg, what they, what they call that mountain? Shit mountain. Shit mountain. <laughs> there was, it was open. It was not very good. You know, they, and they struggled not until the very end of that first group did they start finding sign. And, uh, one of the guys ended up picking up, uh, a shed, uh, which was, was really cool. Um, and, uh, so they came back down and we were doing a recap. So at the end of the day, we did a recap on what we found, what we could do differently. And at, we were throwing jokes and stuff at Johnny and Greg about how they couldn't find any sign. And we did, and, you know, having some fun banter back and forth. But, uh, what, what I think really helped that those groups, because they didn't find like a lot of great sign that first day. But the next day, Johnny and Greg, because this is the kind of hunters they are, they, they're like, okay, yeah, that, that doesn't mean this is terrible. Let's let's start where we found that good sign and start working our way around there. And day two, they started finding better sign and finding things. And it took, you know, a while to be able to find stuff. Yeah, I was with them that day on the second day. And um, we went up the logging road and, and met up to where um, they had stopped the day prior. And... Um, there wasn't a ton of sign right away, but there was definitely sign. We were, um, we found a whole bunch of just thick stuff down in there and there was trails that skirted around the edges and everything. And, you know, there was scrapes and rubs in there and it just, it was a, you know, it was a good spot to be at. And it was, it was cool because, um, you know, when Johnny and Greg and those guys, they would look at something like a scrape. And I feel like a lot of guys would be like, hey, there's a scrape, there's a sign around the area, but they would look at that scrape and they would put like a whole analysis together of like, I bet the buck is coming up here because it's thick down in the bottom. They're probably coming up and they're scent checking up on top. I bet there's scrapes up on top. And sure enough, there was. And they kind of put like a whole like, you know, synopsis together of what they thought was happening. And they were actually fairly right about a lot of the stuff based on, because they would just kind of call the shot. Like, I bet up here we'll see this or that. And sure enough, there it was. And I think that you know, for people who are maybe newer to scouting or, or, you know, just wanted some help with it or whatever, that was kind of valuable because it kind of makes you actually think about what you're seeing. There's not just a scrape here and a licking branch. It's like, well, why is it here? Because there's food down over here, there's bedding up over here, and there's a nice little ridge to run to get right here. And, you know, you, you can hunt that scrape, but if you know the whole story, it gives you so many more options in order to set up to be able to try to kill that buck. Yeah. I, yeah, I totally agree. Like I, I, I'm kind of jealous. I didn't get to spend the time with those guys <coughs> in the woods and, and, and being able to see like from their perspective and luckily you filmed it. So I'll be able to get to get to see some of it, but it, it I, yeah, I love the way those guys look at the woods and being able to, to do that. And and it was funny because then uh, Tyler, who ended up finding a really nice shed mm -hmm. there that second day, and Tyler, I didn't realize this, he's from Pennsylvania, and that's what his address was when he signed up for the, the course, but he drove all the way from Georgia. Yeah. All the way from Georgia for a weekend at Mountain Buck Scouting Camp and then drove back. And he had to work mon or Monday morning. Yeah. Yeah. He drove all through the night and... 
got back to work. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. Dedication. It was, it was, it was, it was pretty incredible that, uh, that he did that. And so he found the biggest shed, which was the competition and he won one of the Sika cargo boxes. Uh, so that was cool. I'm glad he got that. He earned that. He did earn that. Yeah. That would, um, he could probably sell it and maybe pay for his gas, pay for his tank of gas up here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, no, that, that part was cool. And I I was glad that, that we decided to do two days versus one because I went back and forth for a while on that. But even in the, the two days that we did, like, I felt like there's so much more that we could have covered or went into. It's, it's difficult to cover a lot of stuff in that amount of time. Yeah, one day would have been too short. Yeah, you know, I think you had it structured good, where there was there was a good balance of sitting around um, classroom, you know, kind of style. You were doing a presentation with the panel of teachers, um, and then you'd get to a point, and it's like, all right, let's go out and you know everything we just talked about. We're going to go see if we can't find. And yeah, I think it was just structured and set up really well. Yeah, it it was. Um... It was cool. And, and what, I, what I really like about these types of things is I felt like some of the people that were in the class became friends, you know, by the end of it. And we'll probably, you know, who knows, maybe they'll hunt together sometime or there right. was just like this camaraderie that was great. And this like, you know, even battling back and forth. It was funny. One of the guys, Garrett, who found the first shed uh, of the trip he came with his buddy Austin and that whole second day, Austin was trying so hard to find a shed. He'd like wander off in the group and he was, he wanted that pack and he wanted to beat, you know, his buddy Garrett. So it was this, this, this whole kind of like friendly competition that came along with it. So, right. Good group of people too. I mean, you know, it was, it was a great group. Everyone got along really well. Everyone was asking questions, engaging. Everyone was bullshitting back and forth all the time. We were laughing when we were out scouting. It was just a well-rounded weekend. Yeah. No, I, and, and what was cool about having that number of people, I felt like I was able to have a one-on-one conversation with all of them at some point, whether it was out in the field scouting or if it was, you know, BSing with coffee before we got started, something, I felt like I had a connection with all those people. And yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be afraid to share a hunting camp with any of them. Like it was, it was really cool to, to be able to do that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the, the thing about the classroom portion, which is like never the, the most fun part of those types of things. But I thought it was, it was important to like, again, build those foundations and talk about things that the one topic that got the most by far feedback and conversation was trail cameras. Did you notice that? I didn't know. So trail cameras, there was so many people asking questions, strategy things and stuff that I didn't anticipate to go into detail on. And like, you know, Everyone runs trail cameras, so, you know, whether it was Kenny or Bill or Greg or Johnny and my dad, they all had their own spin on how they do things, and I was laughing just watching Johnny because Johnny would, like, hear my dad say something. He's like, oh, how do you try that? <laughs> and how about when I was I was talking about, uh, well, I'm shooting a new bow this year, and I am pumped. After playing around with the buddies Hoyt RX-8, the smile on my face made the decision for me. The first thing I noticed with the new Hoyts were their extremely smooth draw cycles and the ability to adjust the back wall to make it rock solid like I prefer. I outfitted my own RX-8 with the inline accessories that made installation extremely easy and balanced out the bow. My favorite accessory so far is a simple one. It's a Go Sticks 2.0 adjustable legs 
to make your bow like a tripod, but it doesn't interfere with any part of the bow or the limbs or anything like that. In addition, the integrated kickstand within the HBX Exact Cams protect your string from excess wear when you put your cam into the dirt. Ground hunting or spot and stock just got easier. If you want to experience what I'm talking about, head to your nearest Hoyt dealer and take a test drive yourself. You can learn more at Hoyt.com. The Mobile Hunters Expo is a consumer-based hunting show unlike any other. It provides an interactive learning experience where you can try all things mobile hunting and learn from the best in the business. Come experience an unbiased, community-based environment where you can improve your hunting skills and find the right equipment for your needs. I'll be speaking at the Nor'easter Show in Mannheim, Pennsylvania at Spooky Nook Sports from August 9th to 11th, 2024. So come check it out or either of the other shows in uh, Michigan and Georgia. You can purchase tickets online at themobilehuntersexpo.com or grab tickets at the door. I'll see you there. Organizing trail camera photos. Oh, that was funny. Now that you say it, that was probably the most engaging. But, man, that was funny. You had this whole thing about, and you have it detailed down to the, the wind direction. And Johnny's not even formatting his cards, and he's swapping them between cameras, and he doesn't know where this buck was. He's trying to look at the background <laughs> to see where it was. And you have this whole system of how to do things, and he's just looking at your presentation like, oh, my gosh. You know? yeah. It was funny. What did he say at the end? He had the, whole, he had the entire audience just laughing because he's like, he's like yeah, I, got, I found this, this SD card, and I popped it in, and there was like 150, 160-inch deer that was daylighting. He goes, I can't figure out where that camera was. He goes, I don't even know what state it was. In. <laughs> He's like, I'm laying awake at night trying to think where that buck was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was so funny. Oh man, it was it was such a good weekend. Like, I I don't even know how to how to even put it into words. But I'm definitely gonna have to do this again because it in just the group dynamic that was that was there like i it was a lot of work going up to it but it was 100 percent worth it yeah very rewarding weekend for you too you know get to have some guys in camp that are listeners of the podcast or followers on social media and just you know share knowledge with a group of people to a group of people yeah there was no like arrogance going on of these people no more than anyone else it was everyone was equals and everyone was just talking asking questions and then we were out scouting together yeah yeah, and everybody did great for like we we had some hiking. Like there was each day, it was between three and three quarter, uh, yeah, three and four miles of uh, hiking over a, a time frame, and it was from the bottom of the mountain to the top. Like yeah. covered some steep country. Everyone did excellent. Nobody complained. Nobody, you know, it was just like. Man, it was, I, I just, I can't get over how much fun it was and being able to do that. And I, I definitely want to do that again. Yeah, I think you should in the future. And there's, there's so much stuff you could, you could do in the future too. You know, it was, it was nice to get the first one out of the way where now you kind of have an idea, you kind of know how things are going to go and now you can plan future classes going forward. Yeah. And as, as we're t sitting here talking about how great it was too, there was, there's definitely things that I wrote down, uh, my buddy Michael Paladino is in in the audience as well as my cousin Mason Martonic and like those guys and everybody else. I mean, they were. I, I asked them. I said, "Be critical. Like, tell me what can be improved. What can you know? What can change? Like, w 
I want this to be the best possible. And they, they gave feedback and we have suggestions and things that like, I think going in the next year, we'll be able to improve upon and just continue to, to build on this, this entire thing. And, and the one thing that I guess we forgot to mention at the end of it, uh, that we were able to have, uh, Nate Sellers from Average Jack Archery come in and do a tethered saddle demonstration. And he was running like one group on the trees there. And I was kind of working with another group and showing people what saddle hunting was all about, which was fun because, uh, you know, Nate came in, he's like, well, he's like, I don't have to go through a demonstration, right? Like every, you know, in this parts of the country, like everybody knows what a saddle is. I'm like, no, like it, you know, Mason, who's one of my best friends and, and my cousin, he's never climbed in a saddle before, you know, and he was in it and he was trying it out and getting to play with it and talk about the whole mobile hunting game. Yeah. I was going to say that too. It was funny. Cause like you were talking to people about the saddles and you're helping them and they're asking questions. Then Mason gets up and one and right away your demeanor changed. Mason's messing around and he's doing things that get on your nerves on purpose. And you're like, no, your knees got to go over here and your feet. And he's up there swiveling around. Yeah. It was cool. I'm like yeah. slapping his leg, trying to get in the right position. Yeah. Being a smart ass, pretending to bring his bow around. Yeah. 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 That was, that was cool. And just, again, like just phenomenal, phenomenal weekend from the food to the, to having everybody there and, and believing in what I was trying to, what I had in my mind to see that come to fruition is just incredible. Yeah. And I guess we, we kind of glossed over the, the lodge too, that we're staying at. Yeah. Um, it couldn't be perfect. There's a big, I guess, dining room. Um, it's got these big open windows that look out over the mountains and, you know, it was a perfect spot for presentations. Everyone was spread out good. Everyone had spots at the table. You were up front. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better spot no. to host this. No, it was, it was beautiful. Like this, this giant lodge with, you know, within 7,200 acres in the mountains here. And there's a bald eagle nest literally right there. We watched a bald eagle flying around all day. Anytime you turned around and looked, there's a bald eagle there. And uh, the weather was Pennsylvania spring snow yeah. rain wet all everything you could you could think of that was thrown at us and but i i can't thank kip folks enough for for giving me this opportunity to be able to put this thing on you know at his place here and and big truck farms with with donating beer for some of us that uh uh, to be able to to drink and celebrate the end of a hard day's work. It's, you know, having beer wasn't like to, to get everybody drunk and party. It was like, okay, you earned this. After a full day of doing these types of things, had that beer, and it was just like, it was a rewarding uh, feeling to be able to, to do that. So It was, and it kind of kept the conversation going too. I mean, even, you know, a 15-minute break in class, everyone's up and talking about trail cameras or talking about scouting. It was just like everyone was just there together and they were just bullshitting and soaking up knowledge. And yeah, just, you know, everyone here was here for the right reason. Yeah, definitely. And and truly, too, like, you know, and the partners that jumped in and helped, you know, with Kip and, and Big Truck Farms, but also, you know, Spartan Forge, giving everybody free memberships to to be able to have the, the, their app and being able to have, you know, sick of gear donating the cargo box and, and having tethered, being able to do this teaching train and offering some people some pretty ridiculous discounts that I can't, I can't announce on here, but like just so many cool things that, uh, that, you know, 
came out of that. I mean, Exodus trail cameras offered a discount for everybody and all these, you know, partners that supported, uh, this whole entire event. Like I, I'm very thankful for them and, and thankful that, you know, you guys that are listening, you know, go out and support them and use my links and use my codes. Like that stuff helps me to be able to put these things on and do these types of things as well. Right. Right. And it's just a little more incentive for people to come in and, you know, meet and bill from Spartan Forge and getting to pick his brain about collar deer data. Like yeah. how often do you get to talk to someone about that? Yeah. You know, his part of the presentation, he was saying stuff and I was just like, wait, hold on, say that again. Like, you know, he's just a wealth of information, you know, and it was cool because, you know, Kenny would say something about, you know, this time of year, the trees are doing this and this and this. And Bill would go, yeah, he's actually right. I have the the deer data on that. That's exactly what happens. Yeah. It, it just kind of reinforced everything. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Like the owner of uh, a big, you know, GPS mapping and deer prediction model app is there to, you know, to talk to and go through this and is willing to do that. Like that's, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I, there's nothing really more I can say about that part of it. It was just, it was awesome. I'm super thankful for everybody that came, the presenters, everybody that helped behind the scenes doing this, you know, Mike at the lodge, making sure everything was ready to go. Um, some more of my family, my mom helped with a bunch of the things and getting things organized and making it look nice. Cause I'm not the best with that. So like, there's so many different there were so many people that made this come together. You know, I'm obviously the face of it, but such a small part of the entire thing. Right, right. And it's just cool. It's a bunch of supportive people. And, you know, every, like I said, everyone's here for the right reasons and the same reasons. They want to, even if, you know, like you said, some of the people had a little bit more advanced knowledge, they were still willing to sign up and come out here just to pick up a thing or two and meet some, you know, other hunters in the area and just have a good weekend. Yeah. And and to kind of close these, this off, like one of the things I left with, you know, everybody there was like, okay, no matter how much you learn and you do like that, you put the effort in learning and scouting. It takes putting in the work and the effort and it's, you're still going to have deerless days in the tree. We all still have it. That's what happens with low deer density areas. Hunting mountain bucks is not easy. Like don't get frustrated. It's just time persistence and continuing to work at it to be able to, to become successful at it. And and uh, I, I think that part too, this is the last thing I'll say about that is, is I had multiple, multiple people come up to me and be like, a lot of this was just reconfirming things that, you know, that I thought I knew, but I wasn't sure because I wasn't getting the results right away. And it's like, no, you just got to keep at it and trust yourself, have that confidence to be able to do it. So hopefully everybody now has the confidence and a little bit more knowledge to be able to, to go forward and become successful. Right. Yeah. It was cool to, like you said, he's kind of, some of the people, it was, some of the stuff was reinforcement, but that adds more confidence to their scouting, uh, making them more efficient and then learning some stuff along the way to, that they never thought about or, you know, never realized. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And yeah, Justin, I appreciate you coming out, making the drive from Minnesota to film this event and be a part of it. And one of the things I'm not planning on releasing a lot of this stuff, uh, on YouTube, I'm going to be going through and building that online course that we talked about, you know, in the past. And a lot of this information will be available there. Um, 
and it's just uh it's not fair to everyone that came here to just throw that stuff out there so i'm gonna build uh an online course for for scouting mountain whitetails that will even have more information in it than this this camp did uh because i I can put together these videos and things to to be able to show some of these different scenarios we filmed more of that stuff today uh to be able to add to that and uh i'm excited i I don't have a date when that's going to come out yet but probably well i'm shooting for the end of summer to have that all done wrapped up and have that project online and for people to to be able to check out, especially, you know, say you can't make it because of work to one of these in-person things, try to make it as, as personable as possible and give you those foundations, uh, to build your own hunt plan and be able to, to make something happen. Yeah. And there was a lot of, um, um, like well-rounded information in there. Obviously we talked about, finding buck beds and trail cameras, but you also talked about putting together a hunt plan and things you need to do on the back end to be successful. And I think that's going to be um, very valuable for people, you know, especially like the online course, just because they can sit on their computer and they can see exactly what you're talking about. Um, and they can already start putting that to work for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Bill committed to, and I'm going to say this publicly because Bill committed it to me, that he's going to work with me to build in my hunt plans and uh, also like kind of some of the stuff I do with trail cameras to build that all into the app. So that's exciting. Yeah. That'll make you feel good. Yeah. 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 Him and I have been talking about it for probably three or four months now and uh, not this year, but probably by next year have something built in. So you have everything in one place and uh, able to really help out with that. Right. Right. And it's cool that, um, um, Bill is open-minded to, you know, allow you the opportunity and the chance to have a, a you know, a bunch of input on his product and his app. Cause he recognizes that, you know, you're a knowledgeable hunter and you're doing things the right way. And he wants to incorporate that into his own product. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's, I mean, he's extremely open to that. Like there's so many different things that like, I feel that, that sense of, that sense of ownership with it, like, cause he gives you the ability to be able to do that. And he takes not just from me, but like from others. And he told every single person that was out there in that class, if you have anything you want to see improved on within the app, like, let me know, let's, let's work on it. Let's do it. You know, we're new and it's taking, it's going to take a little while to get up, you know, hundred percent up to speed, but we will be there and we'll be well and be of anything above and beyond anything else that's out there. And that's the way to do it. Getting as many inputs as you can, as yep. many hunters as you can coming up with ideas for, you know, the end product of the app. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So, well, anyways, I, uh, thank you for coming on talk with me here again, Justin. And, and thank you for anyone that's listening that was here and really just for anyone listening that's been supporting the podcast for this long and, and continue to do so. That means so much to me and just in general, like it just, I, I truly do appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me out here. I always enjoy working with you. We've been, doing film projects for almost four years now, three years probably. And it's always a blast. I like, you know, hanging out with you and all the people that you associate with. Um, it's just always great. So I appreciate you having me out and I'll definitely be here for the next one. Heck yeah. I'm holding you to it. 
Where can everybody find uh, a little bit more about you, Justin? Um, if you go on Bo's Instagram and look at all of his decent photos he's got on there. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, Justin Mueller Photography on Instagram is pretty much the only thing that I'm, you know, that I'm doing. So you just follow on. me on there. You can see all my stuff from when I'm out here with Bo as, you know, doing his hunts and his scouting camps to anything else that I'm doing with any of my other clients around the U.S. So Awesome. Thanks, Justin. And uh, yeah, I guess we will see you here in May when we're doing the, the bear hunt. Spring bear. We'll see you then. Let's do it, brother. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.